I just want to thank you because you're very, very special people. You were here long before any of us were here. Although we have a representative in Congress who they say was here a long time ago. They call her Pocahontas. But you know what? I like you because you are special. You are special people. You are really incredible people. Ah, that one is an oldie but a goodie. Hello, I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's October 6, 2022. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Uh, subscribe, tap that notification bell if you have not. And because I cannot tell a lie, people, I uh, do have to admit right up top, although I said it's October 6th, in reality, you're watching this live streamed on October 6th at 11 a.m. Eastern as usual. Uh, but in reality, it is uh, Tuesday, October 4th, and we pre-taped this because I am at the hospital right now because uh, our surrogate is giving birth and we were inducing, she was close to the 40 weeks, it's all good. So I could be a double father as you're watching this right now. We'll have more info on that soon, uh, but obviously very exciting time. I think one or two of the questions uh, from the rubenreport.locals.com uh, community uh, are referring to that, so we'll get to that in just a sec. I wanted to do one story up top this week because uh, this is sort of big, or maybe it's not anything, but it kind of fits everything that's going on in the world at the moment. Uh, the orange man, Donald Trump, who may or may not be running for president, uh, he is for sure suing uh, the clown network known as CNN, and uh, you know it's sort of sort of interesting. He wants about four hundred million dollars from them which is half of uh, Don Lemon's salary. So we're gonna get to that and a bunch of questions, uh, but real quick, let's talk about Bullion Max. You guys know that as inflation surpasses highs not seen in 40 years, the value of the dollar is decreasing with every passing day. You're paying more at the pump, the grocery store, for cars, for housing. Face it, your paper money is worth less. Friends, the time couldn't be any better for my new sponsor, Bullion Max. Bullion Max is a direct-to-consumer precious metals retailer who can help you diversify into gold and silver. It's a hedge against inflation. It's also security for your family in times of crisis. And here's why I love Bullion Max. They're owned by veterans in the precious metal space, offer some of the lowest prices on the internet, and they make it so easy to buy directly from their website. I wanted to help you get started, so I worked out a special offer just for you. Get Bullion Max's Silver Starter Kit at employee pricing. Just go to bullionmax.com Dave. The kit includes five of the most desirable silver products to invest in, including a silver American Eagle and a silver Australian Kangaroo. This offer is limited to just one per household, so get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com Dave. And now back to me. So yes, former president and possibly future president Donald Trump is suing CNN. We've got some info from the Daily Wire. Former President Donald Trump announced his intent to sue CNN and other cable networks on Wednesday that have defamed him and defrauded the public about the 2020 election. Media hosts on networks such as CNN and others have baselessly suggested that Trump is a Russian agent or suggested that Trump won the 2016 election because of Russian interference. I have notified CNN of my intent to file a lawsuit over their repeated defamatory statements against me, Trump said in a statement. I will also be commencing actions against other media outlets who have defamed me and defrauded the public 
regarding the overwhelming evidence of fraud throughout the 2020 election. I will never stop fighting for the truth and for the future of our country. The notice goes on to address the 2020 election, claiming that the network's use of referring to Trump's claims about the election as the big lie are also defamatory, as it suggests that the former president is willfully misleading the public rather than stating what he believes to be true. Okay, so there's a whole bunch here. First off, Donald Trump gets in a lot of lawsuits with a lot of people. Sometimes he's the one putting the lawsuit down. Sometimes he's the one on the, on the defense when it comes to these lawsuits. Uh, my gut feeling is that he is not going to win this lawsuit. I mean, you sort of have to be careful when you get into these things about defamation and libel and slander and all that. Like, look, think about all of the times, even in the couple years, last couple of years of me doing this show, when I've talked about things that the New York Times has said about me, literally putting my picture on the front page, calling me one of the leaders of the alt-right. All of the lies about everybody. Brett Kavanaugh is a serial rapist. Uh, the Covington kids are all racist. Like, it's part and parcel sort of of what comes with free speech at the moment. And we do have these very, very specific and, and stringent laws around libel and slander. Otherwise, everybody would be suing everybody all the time. And basically everyone would be afraid to exercise their free speech. So it wouldn't be a direct infringement on your free speech. But if you were constantly silencing yourself, uh, we'd have a problem. That being said, plenty of people are silencing themselves all the time but it's usually not because they're afraid that they're gonna get sued for libel or slander. It's usually because they think they're gonna get canceled or fired or kicked off social media, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, the guy wants 475 million from uh, CNN. My guess is, yeah, it'll, this'll probably be thrown out in court. Maybe it's just a little more of him trying to get into the news, perhaps deflect a little bit about the Mar-a-Lago raid or something like that. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what Trump really has to figure out is if he is gonna run, and everyone is saying he's gonna run, although he is known to surprise people. So it's like, if everyone's saying he's gonna run, maybe the big surprise is that he doesn't and that he backs DeSantis and who knows, right? But if he's gonna run, he, he has a huge problem on his hand because if he, as he's saying, earnestly believes that the election was stolen, let's say that that's his position. The election was stolen one way or another. Uh, then why wouldn't they steal it from you again unless you've done something to stop the steal? right? So if you, if you haven't done anything to, to stop the steal, then your candidacy doesn't really make sense. Oh, they stole it from me last time. Now I'm just going to run again. That's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, we've got some info on the actual lawsuit from Reuters. Trump, a Republican, claims in the 29-page lawsuit that CNN had a long track record of criticizing him, but had ramped up its attacks in recent months because the network feared that he would run again for president in 2024. As a part of its concerted effort to tilt the political balance to the left, CNN has tried to taint the plaintiff with a series of ever more scandalous, false, and defamatory labels of racist, Russian lackey, insurrectionist, and ultimately Hitler, the lawsuit claims. Look, this is where I would say, although I don't think anything will come of the lawsuit, it's like, should they be a little bit scared? Should somebody put the fear of God in these people and make them understand that they cannot lie about absolutely everybody and that maybe calling everybody you disagree with, a Nazi and a homophobe and a bigot and a transphobe is not really the best thing to do. So maybe this like turns the screws a little bit and CNN behaves a little bit better. Uh, but if I was a betting man, I would not bet on that. All right, let's get to the Rubin Report. 
www.locals.com community Q&A. Elizabeth says, what do you think the Dave of 15 years ago would think of where you are now? Dave of 15 years ago, so 15 years ago, 2007, I am uh, 41 years, no, 40, I'm 31 years old. Jeez, I just aged myself. Uh, I'm in New York City, I'm, I'm doing stand-up. I was basically broke. I was handing out tickets in Times Square two hours a night, six nights a week. Uh, just to get a couple people to show up at the comedy clubs and maybe I could make a couple bucks and I was doing all sorts of odd jobs on the side and I was bartending and waiting tables and working in promotions companies and just, just anything to make a dime so I could survive. Um, I guess he'd be pretty, pretty impressed, right? Like I got to the other side of the thing. I eventually in 2013, I moved to LA. The show started taking off. I've gone independent a couple of times. I built and sold a tech company that just went public. Like things are, things are pretty good. So I think, I think he would be pretty impressed. I think I'd probably be maybe shocked that I'm married and have kids. I guess that, that would be a shocker, but uh, yeah, it, it kind of worked out. Knock on wood. Uh, Freedom Fan says, I know it'll be a few years, but when the boys are old enough, will Disney World be on your family road trip agenda? It's funny you asked this one because this came up a couple of days ago. So look, I canceled Disney Plus. I hate what they've done to Star Wars. I'm also not into chopping kids' genitals off, so I don't like their general broad outlook on the world over there at Disney. Uh, you know, they've gone woke with absolutely everything. It's all propaganda. The movies aren't even that good anymore. The list goes on and on. The Marvel movies are just all repetitive now and all that stuff. Um, so I have said to David a couple of times, I'm like, I, I don't think we're gonna go. Like, I'm not taking them to Disney World or any of this stuff. I did say we could get the old, like we'll have to figure out how to download them. I think like my parents probably have some of the old DVDs of old school Disney movies, right? Like I don't want to deprive the kids of the original Lion King, let's say something like that, or the original Little Mermaid or whatever. But I don't think I can be part of this thing. I don't like funding my own demise. I don't like funding things that are, that are antithetical to the ideas that I talk about here. David's like a little bit different on that. His feeling is, well, you know, it's sort of, it is just sort of the thing. And are we gonna not show our kids the new Disney movies and all that stuff? So we're, we're gonna have to hash that one out. He's not like full on pushing it. And fortunately we have a couple of years and hopefully Disney will continue to crumble over a couple of years. And then there'll be a whole, maybe there'll just be a wider swath of actual decent programming to show the kids. Um, but I can't imagine taking them there. Like I've been on the teacups. They're not that great, frankly. You've been on the teacups? It's a little nauseating. You're spinning, you know, you're spinning like this and then you're also spinning within the spin. It's, it's, it's too much. Uh, Casey says, they've got to ditch Kamala before they ditch Joe. How are they gonna do it? This is interesting because Joe obviously is breaking down He's not making it the four years. We all know it. There is a scandal that will erupt around it because somebody knows what's really going on with him, what they're drugging him with, how much worse than we're publicly seeing it, it actually is. Dr. Jill Biden obviously has not diagnosed him properly. Like everyone's in on the thing. But yes, I may not you know, be a supporter of Joe Biden or his policies, but as I always say, he's the pilot of the plane. And it's like, if he steps down or they kick him out, then Kamala Harris, who I think is a genuine idiot, like, like dumb, really not bright. I also think she's a racist. She believes that government aid should be based on your skin color. That is the definition of racism. If a Republican said that, they would be called a racist, right? Uh, she's also a communist. I mean, she said, you 
seen the video many times, she has fully said, and she said it repeatedly, by the way, she was even saying this before the election, she wants us all to end up in the same spot. That is literally the definition of communism. It does not matter what your skills are, what your uh, work ethic is, what you do, you want to end up in the same spot. She doesn't mean it for herself or her friends, but she means it for all of you. So it would not be better if Kamala Harris was president. I don't know what they're going to do, but they have to be talking about it. They have to be talking about it. And by they, I don't know what I'm, you know, I don't know, is that uh, Obama machine, Clinton machine, whatever that is, but they've got to figure out a way because otherwise Biden steps down, you get come out, like, I don't know, I still think it has something to do with Gavin Newsom. I think he is somehow that slimy lizard freak, I think is just somehow in the mix over there. Ugh. I should spit every time I say Gavin Newsom. Uh, Miss Mama Panda says, you recently posted a picture of the evening sky in Miami. Would you consider our Florida sunsets the best in the US? Let me be clear. I love the free state of Florida. Have you ever heard me say that? This is the most wonderful place. I, they can bury me in the Everglades. I'm never leaving. I will give everything I have to defend this place and everything it has afforded me in terms of life and freedom and all that good stuff. That being said, I don't know that we have the best sunsets. We're very flat. It's very flat here. You're not gonna get your kind of mountainous sunset. That's generally to me, if you get a sunset kind of going over some mountains, sun's dipping down, that might be better. I used to love, 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 and I hope I will get back there sometime soon. The, the sunsets on Sanibel used to be out on the beach, six o'clock rolls down, and that sun just dipping below the horizon over there. Um, but yeah, we're, we're pretty flat here. So I, I don't wanna say California, Santa Fe, New Mexico. I've never even been there, but I feel like they got a pretty decent sunset. Uh, Wayne says, do you think the Supreme Court will reform section 230? No, I, I don't think anything's happening with this stuff. I, I just don't, I don't know. The machinery is just sort of so broken that there was a time, remember a couple of years ago when all, everyone was really waking up to big tech censorship and Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, a couple other guys, they were dragging out Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey from Twitter and they were grilling them on all of this stuff. And you know, there was this basic idea that Section 230, which in essence makes the distinction between a platform and, and, a, uh, and a content provider, meaning that if you're gonna have an open-ended platform, which is what we thought all these things were, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, that you can't censor content. It's like people put the content up there. If it, if it breaks the law, then they have a bigger problem, but that it was an open platform versus a content provider, which in essence would be like the Daily Wire. The Daily Wire, which produces certain content, is liable for the content that they produce on their network. That's the distinction that 230 is constantly talking about. I think maybe the best thing we could get out of this is that the, the big tech companies would all be considered common carriers. So they'd be treated more like AT&T, right? Like, so Alex Jones, who's been kicked off of all the tech platforms, I'm pretty sure he still has a telephone, right? The government uh, is not able to not allow AT&T to give him a telephone, I, I think. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. So you could maybe do something like that. But honestly, my feeling at this point is Basically, we need all new everything. We need new Gmail, we need new Google, we need new search engines, we need new YouTubes, we need new Patreons. And by the way, I'm building some of those things. That's why I started Locals.com, that's why we merged with Rumble, and we are building the parallel pipes of the internet. It's, it's as simple as that. Uh, Talway says, I don't know if this question has been asked before, but who were some of your personal heroes growing up and what sort of people will you be showcasing to your kids as people to look up to? That's a good one. You know, one for sure that, 
uh, this wasn't in my personal life, but just someone that I used to watch from a distance and love, even though I was very young. I remember watching Johnny Carson when I was probably like 10, 11 years old. And I just thought he was so funny and decent. And he was just like this nice man on television and he wasn't screaming and, you know, he had, he had this nice smile. And I always remember actually when he was doing the monologue, he would have one hand in his pocket during the monologue. And I've realized in years since when, when I'm on stage, book tour, doing standup, whatever, I usually have one hand in my pocket. I think it has something to do with that. He just seemed like this, he was just kind of relaxed and enjoying the thing for what it was. Um, and that kind of, uh, not bludgeoning of the audience, right? Like everyone on late night now, they just bludgeon these people endlessly with their politics and their views. And, uh, and he, he wasn't like that. And I think that's partly why things were better. What sort of people will you be showcasing to your kids as people to look up to? Look, I'm very fortunate uh, in that I know some really spectacular people that you know, could give some serious insight to these kids. I mean, uh, I mentioned to you guys just a few days before Justin was born, we, we had Jordan Peterson and Dennis Prager over for dinner and I got to just kind of grill them on all the questions of fatherhood. It's like, Justin's middle name is Jordan in honor of Jordan Peterson. I don't know, have I even said that publicly before? I'm not sure I've even said that publicly, but it is. It's like Jordan Peterson can babysit him and I bet he can impart some pretty good stuff on him. Uh, Dennis can do a little babysitting. That seems like a movie, doesn't that seem like, that seems like a, a Disney movie, Dennis Prager, like babysitting the kids. Um, so yeah, we're, we're surrounded by a lot of people that they'll get some, some good messaging from. Uh, Candace says, did you see the absolute meltdown from Kanye West and Candace Owens wearing the White Lives Matters shirts? Maybe the media will be forced to say all lives matter. So yeah, this is in the last couple of days. Oh, uh, there's the picture right there. There's uh, Candace and Kanye, White Lives Matter. Look, Candace, you guys know my feelings about Candace. She, she's one of my best friends on planet Earth. I, I absolutely adore her. The fact that when she was sort of you know, like a YouTube nobody with 50,000 subscribers and I didn't even know her name. She was known as Red Pill Black and I had her on YouTube week on my show years ago. I just knew she was gonna light the world on fire. I absolutely knew it and she has just done it one thing after another. She has so grown into who she's supposed to be. She's a wonderful wife and parent and all of that. Um, but she, man, she loves, she loves poking these people and these people deserve to be poked and excused uh, and uh, poked and, and, and mocked. So uh, I'm not surprised that the media is having a meltdown over this and they're trying to make it seem like Candace and, and Kanye are white supremacists. But yeah, these, they do need to be mocked, right? What do I tell you guys? It's like we got to mock them and then we also have to build better things at the same time. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If black lives matter, means something, well, okay, black people's lives matter. Do white people's lives matter? Call me old school, but I think everyone's lives matter. Old school. Crazy Mom says, Dave, how much do you and David love being parents? It's been pretty great so far. Again, I am taping this. There could be a second child right at this very moment. Might've gotten much harder right at that moment. I, I could be holding two bottles, two babies. It could, it could be a lot, uh, but it's been, it's been really good, actually. It's, you know, we've got, great family and friends around us. So we, we've had some help. Uh, David's really like just stepped into this role. These kids are, are being taken care of really well, you know, waking up in the morning. And I've told you guys before, I do the, the 8 a.m. feeding. So like my, I start my day, you know, holding Justin and we sit up there and Clyde gets on the couch with us and, and it's a lot better than being on Twitter. So, uh, you know, I suspect as the years go by and we can do more, he doesn't talk yet, for example, 
I assume as there's a little talking, we can, you know, do some more stuff, throw a ball around, that kind of thing, that it'll, it'll keep expanding. And yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a blessing. Uh, Nathan says, hey, Dave, I have to tell you that you are my favorite journalist, journalist in air quotes, who isn't an actual journalist to get my daily dose of headlines from. With modern day journalism practically dead, what future do you think journalism still has? Uh, does it have some promise at organizations like Fox News, Newsmax, The Blaze, et cetera? This is tough because journalism, old school, I'm going to tell the truth no matter what. I'm gonna put my life at risk and my career at risk journalism. It doesn't really seem to exist anymore. That's not to say that it's, it's completely gone. It, it does exist to some level. Andy No, who has been tracking Antifa for the last couple of years, at great risk to him, uh, personally, professionally, physically, all that stuff. Like he's a journalist. There's not many of these people anymore. And you know, even when uh, when we're sourcing stories for the show and Phoenix and I are going back and forth on stuff, it's like, we have to make sure that the sources are gonna make sense. We do choose a lot of stuff from the Daily Wire. I think they do a pretty good job. We choose a lot of stuff from The Blaze. I think they do a pretty good job, but are they somewhat on my team? Well, of course they are. Uh, so it's getting harder and harder to trust anything. And I think what will continue to happen is basically why I'm your most trusted journalist, even though I'm not a journalist, which is that you, you believe, and I believe it as well, obviously, I'm basically trying to tell you something true. I'm going to make mistakes. There is no doubt about it. I'm not gonna make, all my predictions aren't gonna be right and I'm gonna screw up some stuff while I'm telling you some stories occasionally. We try to address it when it happens and I'm not, I'm not sitting here uh, like I'm telling you the truth, like the truth. What I'm trying to do is make some sense. I'm trying to analyze a whole bunch of the, the endless stream of nonsense and I'm trying to filter it with something based in reality and then, and then we can all kind of agree on something on the other side, even if we don't agree on the, on the specifics of the policy or something. So I don't have great hope for journalism. Uh, I have great hope that the human spirit wants to be close to something true and that people will, will keep going there, whatever that means. Uh, Tim says, when is Dave's appearance on Bill Maher's podcast gonna be posted? Oh, so also any chance that Bill will start posting his podcast on Rumble? So the podcast, the full, it's a little over two hours. At the time, it was the longest one he had ever recorded and they wanted to go even longer, but we had to catch the red eye to get to New York. The podcast will be up audio and video too, both on October 9th, that is this Sunday. And as I said to you guys, please, please watch the full thing. It'll come out in clips as well. But for those of you that have been playing along for these last couple of years, as I've talked about Bill and how he's influenced me and how we've, you know, say gone in our different directions a little bit, but I've always maintained a respect for him, despite I think him coming to maybe some wrong conclusions. Maybe that's what he thinks of me now. It's like we had, we had to do the dance the entire time. And it's not just about politics. We also drank a lot of tequila. He got me to smoke weed. He asked me a lot of questions about sex, which I wasn't thrilled about, uh, but it was fun and it was funny. And there was a mutual respect. He asked me to come on and do real time. Um, and we've been texting since. And you know, I, I, what did I want? If you go back to my show the day before I left for LA, all I wanted was, hey, can we, can we get to a place in that conversation that will be good to continue the conversation? And I think we did that. And, uh, and hopefully some of the clips will you know, catch on a bit and people will be like, hey, you know, these two aren't exactly in the same spot, but they're, 
they're doing their thing. They're challenging each other when it's appropriate, but they're kind of laughing and joking too. That's kind of the way America used to be. Maybe we get back to a little of that. Kerry says, is it small daily acts or large sweeping actions that will bring our country to a more even keel? It's small things for sure. Look what's happening in Florida right now. We have this horrific, absolutely horrific, basically category five hurricane that hits Southwest Florida demolishes several cities. I mean, you know my feelings about Sanibel Island that I've been telling you guys about. Like, this is my favorite place on earth that is destroyed. I, I've actually been thinking about it a lot all week. It's just like, it's just, it's, it's incredibly sad. And I don't even live there. We, we, my folks had a vacation place there. Imagine these people that just absolutely lost everything. Uh, but look at all of the people that are chipping in. People, whether it's donating money or time or resources or handing out water or bring in whatever skills they have, uh, trucks to deliver supplies, whatever. It's like, these are the little things that bring us together. That, that's how a society's supposed to flourish, like bottom up, people having connections with each other. And then hopefully you have this like little thin layer of government on top of you that somewhat keeps the glue together, right? It puts borders so that not everybody can come in. It defends some basic freedoms. That's how it's all supposed to work. I don't think some sweeping action stuff is really what could happen. I do think that there are some political answers, of course. It's like, if the Republicans get the, the House and the Senate, can they reverse some of the woke stuff? Can they reverse some of the equity stuff? Um, can, can some of those things, can we, put in, can we put policies in place to make sure we don't lock people down again and force people to be injected thing, with things against their will? Of course, all of those things are possible. But all of that only happens if individual people start voting first. So it's always about, it's always about you, the individual first, and then you figure out a way to shift the system. Uh, Kathy says, congratulations on baby two. How do you think the next bundle of joy will impact your daily life? I would imagine less sleep. I would imagine more pooping and crying and screaming. And then of course the kids are involved and uh, still works that one, huh? And, uh, or were you crying out of misery for that, that one? That wasn't a laugh. That was like, we've heard this joke too many times, Dave. Um, I don't, I mean, it's, it's just gonna be fuller. It's just gonna be like more of everything. It'll, it'll sort of be like the ending of Muppets Take Manhattan. If you haven't seen that in a while, I recommend you see it. Uh, at the end, you know, they're putting on Kermit and Miss Piggy and everybody, they're putting on this show and they can't figure out why the show's not quite right. It's a good show, but it's not great. And then it hits Kermit after he was hit by the car. You, you've all seen the movie, you know what happens. Uh, he realizes he just needs more chickens and more pigs and everything else. And then it will be bigger and better. So I think that's the situation that we're at right now. Did any of that make any sense? You followed along with that? Delaney says, you learn and assess situations quickly. You're very bright and quick thinking. I like this Delaney guy. And you also have a strong allegiance and heart for America. Can you ever see yourself running for president? Uh, no, no. I, I, the one thing that I maybe could do, I, it was the joke amongst my family that I would maybe one day be mayor of Sanibel, that I could be mayor of a small town that was an island and get to know people and help little things on the margins, make sure people could build quicker and that the beaches are clean and that kind of stuff. Uh, hopefully Sanibel will be rebuilt and maybe I could do that one day, maybe. The, the bigger thing, like it's so evil, I don't think I have it in me. And especially as a new father now, like the idea of like getting out there and doing that, I will always be in the fight, uh, especially if Governor DeSantis is to run, like I hope I can be out there fighting. If I was to ever get a call about like a press secretary job or something, I think I could do that for a little bit, like sort of out of pure fun, I think, or you know, just pure joy of destroying the media. 
But the other part of the political thing, until, we, until we're able to really change the system, um, I, I don't know that I could do what it would take to, to win. That's kind of it. Uh, Mama Bear Perez says, hey Dave, it's, is, it a reasonable, is it reasonable to expect a vice president to know basic geography, for example, cardinal directions, uh, as well as geopolitical nuances that might affect the entire world if one were to mix them up. I think you're talking about South Korea, North Korea. I suppose language and public speaking skills are just too much to also require such a position. What you think of Big Kamala and her alphabet soup moment in Korea? None of it should surprise anybody, right? You know it. Nobody likes this woman. She was installed because the machine thought that she would be the easiest one to push Biden across for the diversity quota and all of that stuff. And now they've got a big mess on their hands because they have a, a president who's breaking down and a vice president who is not bright and that nobody likes. And they're watching the results of all of their policies destroy their party. So <laughs> good luck with all of that. Uh, all right, last one. Talia says, what's a place you've never been to but have always wanted to visit. Japan, for sure, I've wanted to go for years and years. We thought we maybe could have a trip that then got uh, canceled because of COVID. But I kid you not, from the first time, I think I probably opened up an 8-bit Nintendo video game and I saw Made in Japan on the back. Like, I thought th this is the place of video games and transformers and robots and electronics. And I've just always wanted to go to Japan. I do love the sushi. I'd like, uh, what's his name? Jiro? Jiro? Is it Hero? Hero loves sushi. Jiro? Jiro? I want that guy to make me some sushi. Um, I really would love to go to Japan and I hope that, I don't know what their COVID policies are now and vax and unvax and all that, uh, but yeah, Japan would be the spot. Uh, all right, we got a cold close for you in just a moment. Just a reminder to uh, like and subscribe to our videos, particularly at rumble.com slash Ruben Report. And if you want to submit questions for next week, go to rubenreport.locals.com. Part two of my interview with Dennis Prager is up right now and the full thing's already up on Locals. There is no show tomorrow, Friday, because I am most likely in the hospital uh, with the baby. All good. Let me just uh, reset over the weekend, get home, get settled. We should be back in here on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Very nice. Getting a good picture, everybody, so we look nice and handsome and thin. Beautiful. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubenreport.locals.com.